0: The professional's choice.
1: Okay, this is going to be a great one, guys. We got Henry Papa from Parker Sporlin on the podcast. He is a sales engineer for the company, okay? And we're going to have a discussion about filter dryer best practices. And we're going to debunk some myths that I've read online and had discussions with With other techs in the field okay one of which is the the suction line filter dryer do we need to take that out because for years and years and years I've been told yeah that's been in the system for a couple of weeks yeah we got to go back and take that out we are going to discuss that and we're going to talk about what you should do with that suction filter dryer when if and where you take it out or maybe you don't even take it out at all that's all coming up on this podcast episode. I learned tons. You guys are going to learn tons. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. I just rolled into the job site and I'm supposed to be looking at some ceiling mounted HEPA filters, I believe. And I believe what they want to do is have some sort of program to monitor these or change them out on a regular basis. I'm not sure until I actually get in there, but before I do... I just want to give you guys a massive announcement. One of the questions that I get asked a lot is I receive weekly questions from people and I try my hardest, very, very hardest, to answer them as best I can. Sometimes I can't help because I just don't know the answer. But one of the questions I get is, I need a job. Can you help me find a job? Or where where are jobs available? Or is there a job available in this province, state, city? So on and so forth, and I'm never able, never able to help with that, and I'm like I have a platform that I believe that I should be able to contribute to that in some sort of way, and I've been trying to rack my brain over the the last few months actually on on how this can happen, and it just fell into my lap. It really it really did. I've been offered an opportunity to now help techs in the trades and shop owners. Find techs and create jobs for them or find new jobs or new opportunities. The company is called HireAgo. HireAgo.com is their website and it's a very simplified process. I signed up. The site is very simplified. It's easy to use. Um, they've built in a lot of privacy features like your last name is not shown. The, the company you're working for is not shown. So someone's not going to see your company there and get go back to your boss and say, hey, I seen your guy looking for a job on this site. So there's some privacy features built in that are very cool. It's 100% free for the tech to go around and check out all the job listings. Just You just got to sign up within the platform and create a, a profile. And the more you spec out your profile, the higher your ranking will be because it ranks techs, um, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. It was a pretty cool way of doing things. Now the shop owner, if they want unlimited use or unlimited views of the entire database of candidates, there's a small fee for them. If they sign up for an entire year, it's a $99 per month fee, which is very reasonable. Okay. Um, I signed up. Okay. And the process was very, very easy. So anyway, guys, going forward, anybody that needs a job or comes to me looking for a job or companies coming to me looking for techs, go to hireago.com. And that's where I'll be pushing them because there's going to be some good things coming out. It's just strictly for the trades, nothing else. And it's going to be a kick-ass website platform going forward with this, Skill, the skilled trades gap thing is real, right? So there's a lot of opportunity out there to be had for technicians. And there's a lot of shop owners looking for skilled tradespeople, people and this is where they can do it. So hirego.com is the website. Check it out, sign up, and you can see what it's all about. So yesterday I had the opportunity to run the Tesla 300 Combustion Analyzer for the first time on a job and I just did some simplified testing and the thing is just the cat's bollocks. I love it. There's some features in there that I, I need to go through and, and figure out. But for now, i just doing some simplified boiler combustion analysis, checking some safeties, running, um, running operation, gas pressure, so on and so forth. But the thing was incredible. So, I mean, touchscreen, um, Android-based, Wi-Fi, it's all in there, guys. So check that one out. Refrigeration Technologies has a product that a lot of you guys may not know about. Because it's not promoted enough or doesn't, it's not given enough clout in my mind, and that's Viper coil coating. Basically, you can coat a coil, right? Evap, condenser, whatever, and protect it from the elements, moisture, um, chemicals, whatever, and it doesn't mess with the heat transfer rate of the coil. Now, the bonus is you can spray it on any sort of metal surface and it will also protect it from corrosion. That is the bonus there. So, It's called viper coil coating comes in an aerosol can right so it's easy to apply so check that out guys navax 2 cfm battery operated pump okay it came in a wave lots of people were talking about it i'm going to start talking about it again because the pump forward thinking idea is incredible and i'm not going to quote the tech that said this because i can't remember the exact quote but i'll paraphrase he was getting three systems done at a one charge. the The charge is up to one hour on the battery. Okay, it's lightweight. The thing weighs about eight pounds or nine pounds or something like that. It's very, very lightweight. And he was getting up to small systems like Resi systems, like two ton, two and a half, or whatever. He was getting three systems done in one charge. You just got to remember, you got to use large diameter hoses. I would suggest minimum half inch. Some people are using them with the the true blues, which is even better. But yeah, that thing is incredible. Lightweight makes your job a little bit easier. Um, you don't need for doing installs. You don't need to have a, a cord a, like a run a cord anymore. So check it out, guys. The Navac Two Cfm Battery Operated Pump. XY Technologies, guys. Brilliant platform. The Vision Platform. The future of tech support. Thirty day free trial. All you need is two texts to try it out for 30 days, full backing of XOI technologies, and if you sign up, the company signs up, afterwards you get a $500 cash reward, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to leave the, the landing page link in the podcast summary for you guys to click on, and you guys can move forward and try that out. Hey, Henry, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well, Gary. Awesome, awesome. So you and I are going to have a discussion on filter dryers and there's been some debates online about this and that and, and things. Wait, the the way we should do things with filter dryers and and different amounts of time you should have a dryer open for before you put it into a system. So I'd like to have that conversation with you. Uh you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's do it. Awesome, cool. So I just want to get a handle on cuz I've never talked to you before and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that, that are interested in in who you are and what you do. Um, so if you want to break down uh, kind of your background within sort of the mechanical or HVAC industry and then let us know how you ended up with Sporlin because you are a Sporlin um, sales engineer. That's your title, right? That's correct. Awesome. So if you want to take the stage and just let everybody know um, who you are and what you're up to.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, my name is Henry Papa. I am a spoiling sales engineer. As you mentioned, I'm out of Florida. And really, it, it comes back to growing up. My dad was an HVAC contractor. Um, so, as I was growing up, every summer, I was his helper. Since I was 14 and up until I went to college, I was his helper. So, I was up in attics, in crawl spaces, carrying around, condensing units, cleaning his truck. Uh, the good old life of a helper. Um, out of college, I studied chemical engineering and went into really factory automation with Parker Hannifin, who is the company that bought out Spirlin. Um And that was up in the Midwest. I wanted to get back home to Florida, and this position opened up with Sporlan to be a sales engineer. Um, as soon as I told my dad that I'd be working for Sporlan, he was excited, especially that I could move back home, but then be in the same industry that he was in. Uh, so I couldn't pass on the opportunity and I've been doing this now for two years. So I, again, as a sales engineer, I'm supporting our wholesalers, all of our contractors. So their end customers with really all spawn product from our core products and some of our newer products, like our case controls, zoom lock, of course, and um, yeah, some of our other advanced tools like our Bluetooth gauges.
1: Cool. Cool. So, On top of all that, you also host the podcast for Sporland, too, correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, so that's something I've always had in the back of my mind, even with my previous position, was just doing some type of audio podcast. Um, I got a lot of benefit out of listening to other podcasts while I was driving, heading to different cities to visit some of my customers, and I wanted to do something for Sporland because we have all this great content. Uh, I've mentioned this before and my podcast and others, we have a lot of great literature. But not all texts, not even me, have the time to sit through and read through these. And for me personally, I'm an audible learner, so I wanted to kind of take that information and make it into an audio format. So for me, for customers, they could listen and learn.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. And, and, and like I told you, I was uh, doing some work at home, and I had your podcast on, and I listened to a couple of them. And you really do have some valuable technical um, information in those podcasts. So I would encourage anybody to, to go through your list of podcasts and check out what they might be interested in or what they might be having trouble with or what they need further education on and just have a listen because you are providing some good content there
0: thank you and I always encourage people to if there if there's anything that you want to learn more about please feel free to reach out to me you can drop a line on our Facebook page that's just Parker Spoiling on Facebook uh, and I'll do my best to get to it
1: awesome very very cool so the conversation we want to have is dryers now I've kind of jotted down some questions that that I've sent you as well and, and we can go through them one by one and, and I think it's important to, to touch on these just because I've read some debates online about the way things should be done and and I would like to get the information for me and for everybody else out there that's listening and and so we can go forward and kind of do the right things and just get some some more education on filter dryers and, and how they work and what they're for and the construction and and all that kind of stuff so the first question I have for you is long long debate cutting out or sweating out a filter dryer? Which yeah, is preferred.
0: that's a great degree. So what I've learned, what I've seen, and what we recommend would be to cut out your filter dryer. And the reason being, these filter dryers are absorbing moisture, they're absorbing acid, and as soon as you warm them up, now you're allowing that moisture and the acid to get back into your system. So by unsweating it to take it out, all that work that that filter dryer did, you're negating it. And now the next filter dryer that you put in will have to do the exact same work.
1: Mm-hmm. So for me, I started to cut out dryers a while back. And, and the main purpose, and I, I didn't even think about what you just said when I started to cut them out. That wasn't even in the back of my mind. What was in the back of my mind is, hey, I don't want to take a torch to this filter dryer and while there, there might be some, a little bit of pressure boiling off in the oil, some refrigerant. And once that, once that system opens up, those fumes are just going to be spewing out and I'm going to be in that area. I'm going to be breathing them in. And, and it was for health reasons. And it was also to have that cleaner piece of pipe. I started cutting them out because once you have that clean pipe, it's easier to reassemble things. And I didn't want to breathe in all those fumes. And it wasn't until recently that I started reading comments online that, yeah, you, you heat them back up and you potentially could put oil, or sorry, acid and moisture back in the system. So it's a very good point. But what I found with some machines, there I've worked on like little tiny um, reach-ins or whatever. You don't really have an opportunity to, to cut those out just because everything is so tightly packed. And you have okay. no choice but to sweat them out. In that case, so worst case scenario, if if we do have to sweat it out, is there going to be, um, like the what are the the ill, Ill effects that it's going to happen from sweating that dryer out? Is putting in a new dryer afterwards, nitrogen brazing, purging, and all that while you're going through okay. um, maybe changing a compressor or whatever, is how much of a, an effect on the system going forward is it going to have if you must sweat it out?
0: Yeah, so if you must wet out, uh, first thing I, I would suggest too is making sure you're protecting your expansion valves. If it is a small self-contained unit Mm -hmm. and your filter dryer is right up next to an expansion valve, a solenoid valve, make sure you're protecting those valves as well, putting, whether it be a heat sink, a wet rag to ensure you're not burning up those seals. Um, also you could always, you should always nitrogen purge. Like you mentioned, um, you could even purge nitrogen before you braze to help clean out some of the contamination that may be in your lines. Um, but the detrimental effects, right? If you have some residual oil still by that filter dryer, you could burn that up. Mm-hmm. And so of course, after we purge the nitrogen, we want to make sure we're pulling a good vacuum. And even if you were recovering your refrigerant, maybe using a filter dryer to recover your refrigerant to help uh, clean that refrigerant as well.
1: Yeah, and then adding brand new refrigerant afterwards is, is an even um, Correct. even better step going forward. Because I know that's another debate. A lot of people don't like reusing any refrigerant that they were recovered from anything, even if they use a filter dryer. They always put new stuff in. And I guess that is that is good practice because I've seen – what's inside some of these uh, recovery bottles and it's not pretty. (laughs) It's not pretty at all what's inside of them. So your advice when possible, cut the dryer out, correct? Correct. Awesome. Okay. So the next question I have, and these, these are all like kind of jammed up together. Okay. So this was another debate online a few years ago that maybe not a few years ago, but within the last couple of years that I've seen, So when you buy a new dryer, right, and then you're, let's say you're replacing a compressor, fixing a leak, whatever, the system's open, and you're going to put that new dryer in. Once you pop the caps off the end of that dryer and expose it to the atmosphere, how long do we have to put that dryer back into the sealed system before that dryer starts to absorb too much of that moisture in the atmosphere before it's not really going to be as functional as it would be if we put it in right away?
0: Right, and so my answer to this—I know it sounds very generic—but as little time as possible exposed to atmosphere. So even if you can just take one side, if you're doing the inlet first, if you can take the plug off the inlet side again using a heat sink while you're brazing it together, then taking off the outlet side and brazing your outlet. Um, but as little time exposed to the to the atmosphere as possible. For me, I'm down in Florida. Very humid climate. So within a couple of minutes, you can have a saturated filter dryer just depending on the day. So as little time of exposure as possible.
1: Okay. So, and and I know that um, in the past, I've been working, and I mean, I've made, probably made this mistake a few times. The dryer will be the first thing we take out and the, the first thing we put back in, but the compressor hasn't gone back in yet, and the, the system is open at the suction and discharge line at the compressor. So we should probably wait and do the dryer last, you think, um, and then that way it's, it's exposed to atmosphere for the minimum amount of time, right? I would think that would be a good practice. Okay, awesome. So just to clear that up. So the other question I wanted to ask you is um, when we braise a dryer. Now, I started to do this just for the aesthetics um, because if you you go around to a lot of machines, even from the manufacturer, you, you notice that the paint is all scorched up from the torches. So I started to use a product called Viper Wet Rag, it's basically a, a putty that you put around it it's a, a heat um heat blocking compound and i started to put it around the dryers just to protect the paint from scorching because i've noticed that over time if you scorch that paint and the dryers exposed to um the elements basically the, the moisture gets in there and that paint starts flaking away over time and it can lead to um the dryer being exposed underneath, and that can lead to corrosion, and that could lead to leaks. But as far as anything outside of aesthetics, do we need to um, protect the dryer when we're brazing it up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you actually mentioned this. It's more than just aesthetic. So the paint on the filter dryers is actually to prevent corrosion. Right? Because the, the shells are just made of steel, so those corrode very easily. Uh, and so that paint not only serves just a, an aesthetic, but it's also protecting the core from corroding and causing a leak. And so even I, I have contractors that will, after they brazen their filter dryers, they'll repaint the filters um, to prevent the corrosion. Uh, again, you got to be careful to make sure there's no moisture on them because, again, if you seal... Um, moisture inside of that paint it could still corrode but yes we we want to protect our filter dryers when we are brazing them in Um, the the heat sink that you're using is perfect of course wet rags are good too Um, any any type of heat shielding to prevent that paint from flaking off and and so some other techniques when we're brazing these in is getting your torches hot and freezing these in quickly, keeping the flames away from the body, so just going radially around the line set, if I may. I know that might be hard to visualize, but mm-hmm. making sure your flames are pointed away from the filter dryer to prevent any excess heat. Um, and, of course, too, there's there's internals inside of the filter dryers, like a polyester pad that could end up melting um, if exposed to heat too long. So we, we want to keep our filter dryers cool.
1: Okay, perfect. That's awesome. Because that was up for debate. It's up for debate, not for me to protect them for aesthetics, but it was up for debate whether we should protect them from heat just because of the we, we don't want to mess with the functionality of the dryer going forward. But I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up. And the other thing I wanted to ask you now that we're talking about it, and I've brazed up many dryers or compressors or components that Basically, and, and I don't know if your dryers are like this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a copper coating around the fitting. And once, if, if you get it too hot and that copper kind of melts off, then you're left with this steel fitting and it makes it really, really hard to, to get your brazen. I've actually had, in the past, on some components that were, were scorched, had to go back, clean it up, and use silver solder because now we got steel to copper and it's two dissimilar metals and we've had to use silver solder. So your Filter dryers are they full copper or are they copper coated with a steel um, underneath?
0: The fittings are fully copper.
1: Okay, that's good. That's awesome because <laughs> in the past I don't know what what filter dryer brand it was, but I mean, I had one one technician that was with me and he he heated up the fitting way too much and he exposed the the underside of what was underneath that copper. And it was a pain in the butt because now we had to go get silver solder and and, and redo it. And it. It worked out with the silver solder, but it's it's awesome that yours is full full on copper to copper. Hello. Hey,
0: sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, I thought I thought I lost you. Okay, so now I should have asked this in the beginning to set this up, but I'm going to ask it now. Filter dryer construction. What? What is the, um, the internals, like the desiccant material, like? what is that made out of, and, and how does it absorb moisture?
0: Yeah. So in our standard filter dryer, what we call our catch-all, so for those of you who are familiar with the catch-alls, we have two standard desiccants. We have um, molecular sieve, which I know there are some manufacturers that use 100% molecular sieve cores, and those are great for moisture retention. And then the second desiccant that we use is activated alumina. Now, the activated alumina is going to absorb the larger organic materials like acids that form inside of the systems. Now, instead of just loose filling our filter dryers, what we do is bake them into a core. And that's why these are called core filter dryers because it's not just beads of desiccant. We um, mold them and bake them so they are a, they set um core,
1: mm-hmm. And then as far as filtering out dirt and any copper debris that came from putting the piping together and all that, what do you have inside internally to protect the system from that?
0: Yeah, so actually that core is going to serve as your primary filter. Okay. So because it is it is a molded core, the refrigerant has to flow through it. And so those small pores are what's going to block out your dirt, um, copper shavings, little uh, oxide flakes.
1: So afterwards, like I've cut dryers apart before, and there's almost like a like a white felt material and that I've that I've found that is just plugged full of carbon and whatnot. What what is is that is that like a, a what, what kind of material is that on the outlet there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's actually that polyester pad that I mentioned a little okay. bit earlier about brazing, and so that's what's going to be another fail proof. Um, it's a hundred micron mesh, so that'll collect any small particles that may be present inside your filter from the actual manufacturing process.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, and then the outer shell is just made out of like a like a steel. Like an alloy Correct. or something? It's going to okay. be
0: made
1: out of steel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, cool. So here's one for you. And, and I know you mentioned that heating up a dryer will release moisture. Okay. But I've had um, superiors tell me as a, an apprentice, oh, you don't need to change the dryer, just heat it up. Um, while the system's open, you'll get the moisture out. <laughs> so um, I, look, I looked into that recently, well, maybe, maybe a few months back, and I think I actually called one of your tech support uh, people in the U.S. just to find out if that's actually true, mm-hmm. if we can heat a dryer up and get enough moisture out now, we can reuse that dryer. But then he explained to me there's a baking process that the dryer needs to go through and it needs to be at like a very high temperature to basically get all the moisture out of that desiccant. Is, is there a process for that?
0: Yeah, there is. Um, and we actually used to publish an article about that. But what we found now, it's, it's almost more cost advantageous to just do a new filter dryer, a new core. Because um, you do have to have an oven that's capable of, I think it's at least 600 degrees Fahrenheit. And on top of that now with with oils that may reside in your core, you could catch the core on fire. So it's, though so there is a process, and you'd have to have a high temperature oven and at least a couple hours. Um, so at that point, it's almost easier to just replace the core or replace the whole filter dryer itself.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And, um, anybody that's out there listening don't don't heat your old dryer up with your torch and expect it's gonna it's gonna be brand new so um, I'm glad I'm glad we cleared that up so a couple things about putting dryers in a couple different dryers that we could use along the way let's say we have a burnout in a system is there a particular dryer that you would recommend to put in to catch anything that may be coming back to the compressor down the suction line
0: Absolutely. So what's good about our suction line filter dryers, not just the suction filters, are they have a third deskin that's inside of the core, and that's uh, charcoal. It's activated charcoal, which will absorb other things like sludge, like varnish, any byproducts from a compressor burnout. And so as you still have to size your filter dryer accordingly, depending on what horsepower of a system you have, what tonnage, essentially the capacity of your system. Um, But that additional desiccant is going to help protect your compressor. uh, And and also when we're on this topic, your liquid line filter dryer, after a burnout, you do want to go a size up. And again, that's just to additionally help, absorb any byproducts of that burnout
1: that was going to be one of my questions coming up is is one to 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 upsize a dryer but back to that that suction filter dryer for a minute there's um everybody says you got to take them out after the system has has ran for a while and circulated do you need to take them out or can you leave them in because i've seen them left in um a lot like on systems that had them in there for, for years. And it wasn't, it wasn't making a difference to the performance, but I've, there's rumors. Yeah. You got to take those out. So, so what is your advice on that?
0: Yeah. So you do not have to take them out. That's one of the uh, most common questions I get as well. Um, but what we have to be concerned about is the pressure drop across the filter dryers, the exactly. suction line filter dryers. Exactly. And okay. that's, that's so why it has
1: the, the one port on the outlet. So you can actually measure the, the, the 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 difference, or sorry, it's on the, the inlet, right? That that one port
0: Correct. Okay. It's on the inlet, and awesome. that way you can do it from your service valve and the filter
1: itself. And you can take a pressure. I drop guess, technically, it,
0: it. that it would be the outlet. <laughs> sorry, I had to think about that.
1: So the the service port is on the outlet of the dryer.
0: Oh, well, now I'm all confused. I got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because usually there's a a service fitting at the compressor to check your suction pressure. So I'm thinking in my head, the last time I've seen one of these, it's been a while since I've seen one of these, that it should be on the inlet so you can take a pressure difference at the beginning of the dryer and then at your compressor you can take one after the dryer type thing, you know what I mean? And that way you can check your differential pressure.
0: Yeah, it is on the inlet. Sorry, okay. I should know that off the
1: top of my head. No, that's okay. That wasn't one of the questions that I, I, I said I was going to ask you, so I kind of... It kind of sprung, sprung that on you. So that that's fine. As, as long as we cleared that one up and as long as we cleared up the misconception that we don't need to remove them. But yeah, it's good to have that port there so you can actually check the pressure drop across it. And if it gets to a certain point, then we should remove it. So what sort of pressure drop should we see before we remove it? Just anything at all or like one PSI, yeah. two PSI?
0: So in air conditioning applications, if you are going to leave your suction line filter dryer permanently, three pounds of pressure drop is the maximum. If you're leaving it temporarily, if you know you're going to take it out, if you know you're going to replace it, or if you're going to if it's a uh rem- if it's a replaceable core and you're planning on taking out the cores, you can let it get up to eight pounds of pressure drop. And You can also go off of temperature. About one pound of pressure drop is equivalent to around one degree Fahrenheit of temperature drop.
1: Gotcha. Cool. Cool.
0: But, yeah, so we want to check it periodically. Um, Usually after 24 hours we want to check, and then two weeks down the road we want to check before knowing we can leave that filter dryer um, while running.
1: Okay. So I'm I'm glad we cleared that up. Now now when there's a debate and I see it, I'll just – Put a link to this podcast and <laughs> we'll clear that yeah, real, real real quick so i think the last question is by flow filter dryers um when should we use them and i mean is it just effective as, as a as a regular filter dryer or do we lose a little bit of capacity because now we have to filter from both sides of the system
0: yeah so Of course, the reversible heat pump filter dryers, that's going to be for heat pump applications. That way you can have one one filter dryer. Um, And you could, I mean, honestly, it would be better for your system if you had two regular filter dryers because you're going to have twice the amount of desk in. Mm -hmm. Um, But it may be for space constraints. You can use one uh, heat pump filter dryer that does bi-flow. But they have... The same amount of desiccant as a standard catch-all. So if it's a, a C in HPC 164, it's going to have 16 cubic inches of, of Deskin,
1: just like a C-164. Okay, so if you were to use one of those on a just a regular straight-up AC, not a heat pump, you to use a reversible dryer, it really wouldn't matter? Is that what you're saying?
0: It's Correct. And that's something I recommend to new techs if they're just trying to keep a couple of standard filter guards on their service truck. Get the heat pump ones, especially here in Florida. Um, pretty much everyone has a heat pump, and that way they can use it for a straight cool system if they need to, or they can use it for
1: heat pump. It gives them versatility. Well, you taught me something there. I didn't know that. I, I thought for sure that a bi-flow would have less filtering one way because you're trying to jam-pack all of that all that desiccant filter in into one um, one unit and going in both directions. So that's good to know that you can use a buy float for a regular straight up AC. That's awesome. Correct.
0: Yeah, it just has a different construction. It has check valves at each side. That way you can um, allow the buy flow.
1: Okay. Awesome. Cool man. So I think that um I think we got what we wanted to get out of you and, and you um you lit us on fire there with all that information. And I know this is going to be a popular podcast. So anything else you want to throw in about filter dryers while we're on the topic?
0: Oh, uh, now just, just one little last tip is a standard filter dryer can't be used in byflow <laughs> Cause I have seen that and you can't uh, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one of the funny things someone's asked me before is well, with a reversible heat pump filter dryer, after I've run it X amount of time going one direction, can I flip it around and do the other direction? Is that going to give me twice the amount of deskin? And that is not true.
1: (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So actually before we go, I just want to go back to that upsizing of the filter dryer. So you said after a burnout uh, to upsize a liquid line filter dryer, but, but I've upsized it in situations where it wasn't a burnout. It was just like a, just a, a leaker or maybe a dead compressor that wasn't a burnout and that was getting changed. I've all, I've upsized it in that case where I can as well. So that's, that's, that's okay to do that. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going a size up, um, even a couple sizes up for your liquid line filter dryer or even your suction line filter dryer. Um, Cause that's going to give you extra protection. But with the liquid line, filter dryers, what you want to make sure of is you have enough refrigerant that you're still properly charged because adding a larger uh, su- uh, liquid line filter dryer is going to take up more space. You'll have more available volume, so you exactly. want to make sure you have enough refrigerant.
1: Yeah, so you might have to add a, a couple more ounces of refrigerant depending on how big that dryer is, right? Correct. Cool. Henry, man, that, that was awesome, man. Great information. Is that your... Thank you. Is that me? You're beeping in the back. I don't
0: think that's
1: me. That's weird. I've never heard that noise before. Anyway, I've I've had lots of things interrupt my podcast before, so I'm not uh, not, concerned. <laughs> I'm not concerned about it. So I, I got to yeah, thank I'm... you for your time. And um, hey, man, we should get together and, and do some discussions on some accessories or, or whatnot down the road because I would love to pick your brain about a bunch of stuff. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Anytime. I'd love to. Thanks for having me today. Um, and just, if I can throw this out there, if you do need more information on our products, on filter dryer technology in general, uh, Sporlin.com, SporlinOnline.com. You can even just Google Sporland and it'll take you to our website. Uh, a lot of great information.
1: So today's October the 4th and yesterday was October the 3rd. Funny enough, (laughs) kind of obvious, I guess. Right. Um, But I put a post out with a suction dryer. Sporlin um, suction dryer. I don't remember the full part number on it. But it was definitely a suction dryer. And it was in meme form. It was basically like, hey, if the Delta P is good, we leave this in. Change my mind. And um, let's break this down for a minute. Delta P, a lot of people are going ha 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 delta p he said delta p never heard of delta p well delta p all it means is difference in pressure just like delta t means difference in temperature so if you see delta p it's difference in pressure the other thing is that not enough technicians were looking at the picture and the part number close enough and everybody thought it was a liquid line dryer and Not everybody, but a majority, a good, I wouldn't say the majority, but I would say it was about 50-50. I'd have to say across all the platforms. And some people were coming back saying, oh, you need to change the dryer every time you open up a system, blah, 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 blah. Well, yes, of course you do. Of course you do. I would just encourage people before they start to comment on stuff that they actually look at the content they're commenting on a little bit closer because I had to correct a bunch of people, and they're like, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> All you had to do was look at the picture and just pay attention to um, the conversation that was happening. Anyway, so I got to thank Henry for getting onto the podcast. Some some really good stuff, some best practice stuff, some misconceptions, some myths. We, we took care of those. And, um, man, filter dryers, even though... They're just a shell that you chuck into the, the liquid line most of the time. There's a lot more to it than that, as you can see, right? As, as you can hear or as you heard uh, f- through the discussion with myself and Henry. So going forward, now you're armed with some more information. And that's what it's all about. Information, okay, it makes us better. It makes us better technicians. So anyway, guys, I'm out. Thank you, Henry. Welcome back anytime. Happy will be HVACing.